From the capital city, I'm Ken Smith. Two men have died of a suspected drug overdose in Skagway. The deaths occurred over the weekend on January 14th and 15th. The cause of deaths are still being examined by the medical examiner to confirm the exact cause of deaths. But Chief Jerry Reddick says the suspected cause is an overdose of fentanyl. So looking at this and talking with the, uh, the drug task force, CCAD, you know, these pills are... They're labeled as an oxycodone, but they're obviously not an oxycodone because they don't have the right color. They're coming in rainbows. There was a DEA uh, release back in 2022, I believe October, November, and they talked about rainbow fentanyl. And this is fitting right in line with what was released in that press release. Um, This is just something that, has kind of come on the radar and and coming potentially from the Washington area, we're believing. He says they are awaiting confirmation of the drug analysis to determine the exact makeup of what was used in it. So right now, until we get some kind of a a drug analysis from the crime lab, um, we're just kind of going by what uh, the drug task force is seeing, and, and this is coinciding with what they're seeing as fentanyl. Chief Reddick says they have not seen the use of fentanyl as a common problem in Skagway. He said one suspected overdose of the drug occurred in the city last July. On December 13, 2022, the magistrate of the U.S. Western Washington District Court released a report and recommendation with a proposed order that includes temporarily ending the incidental take permit that allows Southeast Alaska troll fisheries to harvest wild Chinook salmon year-round. The National Marine Fisheries Service is currently working to revise the biological opinion, including the ITS. The Wild Fish Conservancy, based in Washington State, filed the lawsuit to stop summer and winter trawler fishers in southeast Alaska, citing its impact on the endangered population of southern resident killer whales in Puget Sound and its lack of food, particularly wild Chinook salmon from Alaska waters. Wild Fish Conservancy states that the southern resident killer whale population is at 73 individuals, down from 100 whales 25 years ago. On January 10th, the Alaska Trollers Association filed objections, finding that the analysis governing the Columbia River and Washington State prey increase programs producing hatchery Chinook was flawed under federal law, and that the incidental take statement covering the southeast Alaska troll fishery was also legally deficient. Amy Doherty, director of Alaska Trollers Association, says it's incomprehensible that the Wild Fish Conservancy is looking a thousand miles up the coast to place the blame on the southeast trolling fishery when there are many other fisheries between Washington and the southeast Alaska marine waters. And she adds, the fishery has already endured severe cuts in its allocation. Our allocation through treaty has diminished over 50% um, in the last three treaties that we signed with Washington, Oregon, and Canada. She says if the lawsuit is successful, then it will have a drastic impact on the southeast Alaska fisheries. Depending if it affects our um, chum fishery um, and depending if it affects our coho fishery, it could be up to, or we're estimating 
of our king salmon catch. And she says it will have far-reaching effects on most communities in Southeast. We are the largest, I believe, um, gear group in Alaska um, in between hand trollers and power trollers. It's less than 2,000 permits, but we're dispersed or distributed throughout Southeast. Um, there isn't a small community that doesn't have a troller there. And in some communities, it's the major uh, income. So this is going to be quite a hit, particularly for small coastal communities. Doherty says they are under a great deal of financial pressure to fight the lawsuit, especially a well-funded national organization like the Wild Fish Conservancy. And she says they need to look south to find the root cause of the southern resident killer whales decline. Every population of killer whales in between here and there and beyond is very healthy. We attribute uh, the problem to local pollution. And actually, there, I believe the state of Washington had a paper a few years ago which um, suggested in order to help this, this specific population of killer whales that um, they cut down on the whale watching and um, other traffic that's going on down there. So they're looking a 1,000 miles away to assist with a generally or largely, if not exclusively, uh, local problem. She says the fight's not over, and though it doesn't look good for the trollers, they are waiting for the judge to take a closer look at the facts. News of the North also reached out to the Wild Fish Conservancy for reply, and they responded that they would like to talk about the lawsuit, and we are awaiting their call back. The Juneau School District has completed a nationwide search for candidates for the Juneau Community Charter School, Mendenhall River Community School, and Clinkett Cultural Language and Literacy Principal positions. Finalists will visit the schools and meet staff and the public during the week of January 16th to the 20th. Candidate resumes are available in the news section of junoschools.org. Coming up on News of the North, the Alaska Marine Highway System has its proposed 2023 summer schedule out, and they're looking for public comments. It's National Radon Action Month. There's ways you can test your home and improve it. And Bartlett Regional Hospital announced cost reductions and is trying to address operational expenses as it prepares for the long-term sustainability. Those stories coming up on News of the North. Welcome back to News of the North. The Alaska Marine Highway System 2023 summer schedule is now open for public comment. The schedule and supporting documentation can be found on uh, their website. The public is encouraged to provide written comments by January 26th. January is National Radon Action Month. Jennifer Athey manages the Alaska Radon Program. She's also the chief of the geological geologic hazard section at the Geological Surveys. For those who aren't familiar with radon, she offers a description. Radon is a naturally occurring colorless, odorless radioactive gas that originates from certain types of rock with uranium found commonly throughout Alaska and the United States. Radon enters buildings through cracks and gaps in the foundation where it tends to collect and concentrate indoors, especially when buildings are sealed against cold winter temperatures. Radon is only detectable through specific air testing and the Alaska Radon Program recommends all Alaskans test their homes. Radon is the leading cause of lung cancer in non-smokers and an under-recognized health hazard in Alaska. 
Athie says you can test your home for it, and now's a good time. January is a good month to test your home because homes are closed up for their winter and our heaters are running. That means that when the warm air is going up and out at the tops of our houses, it can create a negative pressure that actually pulls ground gases like radon into our homes. She says they have free test kits available as long as supplies last. We recommend that people go to the Radon in Alaska webpage by Alaska's Geological Survey to fill out an online form. Test kits can be mailed to people or they can be picked up in Anchorage and Fairbanks. We also have a number that folks can call to get more information about radon testing and home repairs, and that is the Alaska Radon Hotline at 1-800-478-8324. Bartlett Regional Hospital is undertaking a phased plan of action to proactively address financial pressures, as they stated in a press release, strategically realigning services with community needs, and preparing the organization for long-term sustainability, it wrote. Bartlett expects these actions will result in annualized savings of $12 million and will enable the organization to strengthen core services. Over the past few years, Bartlett adds, they have many new positions and services to help grapple with the challenges the hospital and the community at large are facing during the pandemic. Temporary federal COVID funding is now gone and competition is present and organizational expenditures remain high, they wrote in their press release. Never miss a story or a newscast at KINYradio.com. Now you're up to date. I'm Ken Smith for News of the North.